Welcome to the Florida Versus Podcast. You know, I got one for you. Holy cow! Okay, okay. Welcome back to the Florida Versus Podcast. I'm your host today and every day, Peter Murphy. Thanks for joining us again. Today, we're going to take an audio trip to Indiana. I talked with Kenny Praywatt about his hometown just outside of South Bend, talking about Elkhart. Not Elkhart, as in like the Spanish the heart, but Elkhart. The heart of an elk, as you could imagine. Uh, Kenny a great guy, very very motivated, uh, went ahead and has directed a, a very successful music video that you can find in the details. We talk about that briefly. And then, you know, he financed and produced his very own pilot presentation or pilot episode of a TV show. That's essentially, he did it independently, meaning, you know, he, he creates this pilot, shops it around, says, hey, do you guys want anybody want to finance more of these episodes i can't just do this all by myself and then you know maybe he gets some more maybe he doesn't we'll see but uh, worth checking out and uh, it's in the one of the plugs that he mentioned so uh, don't skip on kenny pray watt uh, indiana in, an interesting place yeah the second week in a row we go back to indiana i went there man i just talked about bloomington and it just seems like one of those towns that is set in like a or just Indiana just like one of those states that it looks so it, it looks so beautiful at the right time of year like a lot of places in the Midwest I hope you guys can enjoy that uh, I hope you can enjoy this episode and uh, thanks so much for tuning in again I really appreciate it and you know I don't say it enough but I've got to thank all the sponsors and all of the you know, people that help produce this episode Mike, Gina, Justin, Collier, Kelvin, Dawn, Susie, Lindsay, Peter, Allison P, Kevin, and Lauren S. Particular shout-outs to Mike up in New York, Collier down in Florida, Justin in Arizona. I'm going to have to get all you guys on the podcast. Uh, but for today, you know, we'll look to the future to bounce around, but uh, as far as today goes, we're getting into Indiana. We're figuring it out, so pour yourself a nice big glass of whole milk and enjoy this chat with me and Kenny Praywatt about Indiana. show i know that now you know it too kenny's on the show i know that now you know what i'm gonna do talk to kenny he's my buddies from indiana talking to my buds that's what this podcast is all about new friends old friends uh n- enemies old enemies new enemies 
That's what Florida Versus is about. Today, my guest, writer, director, producer, above all actor, and even above all of that, Indianan, uh, a Hoosier. A Hoosier. You've heard him correct me. Now hear more about his hometown. Please welcome the one and only Kenny Praywat. Kenny, welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah. I'm applauding myself because no one else will. <laughs> exactly. Kenny, how's it going today, man? How you doing? Doing very well. I spent a lot of time outside and got a little bit of a sunburn, which is good. Just You just want a, a, a little sun kiss, right? Right. Because it makes you feel like, you know what? I had a fulfilling day outdoors. <laughs> I didn't take it too far, though. You can't take it too far. You can't take it too far with the sun. Even, yeah, even with me these days, I, uh, I, 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 I still have a farmer's tan from when I was in Big Bear in April. Like, literally, I can still see the tank top lines. My wife complains about my farmer's tan all the time. She's like, your arms are always darker than your chest. I'm like, well, am I supposed to go around shirtless constantly? <laughs> you know what I would say to that? Close the door. I'm taking a <laughs> shit. <laughs> Kenny Praywatt of Indiana. Kenny, uh, we got to let everyone know what your hometown is. But before we do, I like to do plugs up top. Plugs, plugs oh, okay. up top. What would you like to drive all of our listeners to check out or uh, take a peek at around the internet or in real life? What uh, what your listeners check out from you? Um, okay, if we're going with internet stuff, and I pray that we are, I would like to plug a satirical talk show slash sketch comedy podcast that i frequently guest on as random characters called don't blow your pod nice um my brother justin and a family friend nathan are the creators of it my brother his little claim to fame is he wrote the theme song for the currently popular uh true crime podcast crime junkie Oh, wow. He, he composed the, the theme song for it. And he gets royalties. Does he really? Yeah. That's it's the number pretty, one podcast pretty, in the world. It sometimes is, yeah. Wow. Good for him and them. And so I'm basically just holding on to his coattails. <laughs> uh, you talk, you talk. Uh, yeah, okay. And any other plugs? Any wait, plugs? wait. I, yeah, I need to plug some other things. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, please. Go ahead. Go just ahead. let me plug them. <laughs> I would like to plug a music video that I got to direct over the winter uh, for an up and coming band called Juicy Pear. And the video is called Keep Your Love On. And if you just search Keep Your Love On Juicy Pear on YouTube, you'll pull up the video there. Nice. And finally, I on my Instagram tomorrow at Kenny Praywatt, I'm going to be uploading the full length version of a sitcom pilot that i filmed and edited um and so it's going to be on it's a 23 minute it's going to be on my instagram friday whoa which is oh wait when is this <laughs> when is this episode coming out <laughs> <laughs> well uh you can scroll back because this today is uh is june 18th <laughs> okay so yeah, if you look on my if you look on my Instagram, you just scroll back a few posts. Probably you'll see yeah. uh, the, a pilot that I it got into a couple of film fests, which is cool. So I just 
I'm putting it on the Instagram now. And what and what's the name of it again? Oh yeah, it's called Ordained. Ooh. Regular spelling? Nope. Oh. O R D A N E D. It's a silly pun because the main character's name is Dane and he gets ordained. And so the name of the show is ordained with his name in the spelling. Okay. Well, let's go over these plugs. Last first. Uh IG pilot. Okay. You're you, this has been out for a while. Or you, you produced this a while. You didn't produce this through during quarantine, did you? No, we shot it September 2019. Nice, man. Now are you are you starring in this or is it just something you, I mean, you're writing and directing? I might, I might be in it. I might be in it in a few scenes. You might pop up in a little bit. Uh, serious question for all the career, you know, to answer for creators. Like what what drove you to fully produce your own pilot of a TV show? Right. So the, this, uh, the idea is that this would be a pilot and that you would be creating more of this show. Like what what drove you to? self-finance and produce that yourself that's a great question peter thank you for asking yeah yeah i like a lot of actors sometimes feel like you don't have a lot of creative control over your career and you can go months or whatever years and not really book anything of substance and you just get tired of waiting for someone to green light you to do anything Right. So like, F it. I'm going to figure it out myself and just produce my own thing and, and showcase myself. And um, so I, that's what we did. We, yeah. we started writing and planning it out in January, 2019. Okay. And it took about eight to nine months to do all the pre-production work for it and basically just use the rule of we're going to write story around things that we know we can get for free location oh, okay. actors things like that whatever we know that we can get for free or very cheap we'll just structure a story that fits those things um, and so for me that's my hometown in South Bend Indiana I have lots of friends and family there so using people's farms houses a brewery or it's actually yeah. a whiskey distillery and just nice. piecing all those things together and putting a story around that what now when people go back and see this what do you want to be most highlighted is it the acting is it your writing or is it the writing and producing based on the uh the materials and the uh, available resources that you have that's a great question. I think, I think it is well written. I, I definitely contacted a lot of different people for their input when I was going through the writing process. Um, you know, it was probably like, I didn't do as many drafts as a lot of people probably would. I think I did five or six drafts total. That seems but, like a significant amount though, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I know that there are other people that might do like 20 or 30 or something, you know, just tons and tons of constantly revising it. But I just wanted to set a, a time limit for myself because I thought, okay, I'm just going to set a date and we're going to shoot no matter what. And yeah. so we're going <laughs> to, we got to make sure that it's all ready to go. And so I didn't fool around with it that much. Awesome. Terms, yeah. In terms of 
nitpicking over every single line, which, you know, a lot of people might suggest you do, but I just wanted to go produce something. You know, exactly. Instead of like sitting around, uh, sitting on your hands, you know, to, that brings up, I want to get to these other plugs, but uh, it's so commendable for you to do something like that because it's not only a temperature check to see where you are, where you will evaluate yourself and what resources you have and what abilities you have, but also it's a good benchmark to learn lessons because, yeah. you know, the next time you do something like this or next time you produce something, you will have learned all of these lessons and the next thing will be better and the next thing will be better. It's just, you know, you, you don't want to think that going into, it. you want to make this the best that it could be, but you know, you, you, the best way to learn is by doing, and you're just the way you described doing this pilot or, you know, creating this, this show for yourself is perfect is the enemy of good. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Like, you know, who could make, who can make something perfect and who's ever made anything perfect. I, I, can't point to a single person, you know, so you, so you make what you can. Right. And the other thing that like this, you know, the other way that this hits me is like, is personally like just seeing where you are and, you know, seeing what you can accomplish by yourself. I just came to this conclusion that, you know, this year is 10 years in LA for me. How long have you been in LA? I have been in LA for five years, five years. I spent the first 10 years in LA figuring out who Peter Murphy is. And I think I'll spend the next 10 years figuring out what Peter Murphy can do. And so you self-financing and creating a project for yourself to showcase yourself is very, very brave and commendable. And, you know, I know I've seen it and I can't wait for other people to check it out as well. Uh, or like, you know, a broader audience, which uh, is very exciting. Um, Thanks. And, uh, and, uh, and the, your Instagram is going to be in the details. So anyone uh, watching this, just uh, check out Kenny's, go to Kenny's Instagram. Uh, I'll list it in the details. Uh, and what is that? Uh, what's your at, Instagram? At Kenny Praywat. Nice. Full name. All out there. Full name. Uh, and then, okay. So then you're talking about this music video. How did this music video come about? And you directed it? Yes. I shot it, directed it, and edited it. Edited it. Don't worry, I will not edit that out. Thank you. We're going straight through. That's great, man. How did that opportunity come about to direct a music video and edited it? I'll preface this. I have learned in my short five years in Los Angeles that literally the only thing that matters in getting any gig whatsoever is the relationships that you have. It doesn't matter your education, <laughs> how good of a performer or director or editor you are, how good of a writer you are, or even if you're a total douche, it doesn't matter. <laughs> if you know the right person, you will get certain kinds of jobs. I happen to have a friend who owns a small record label called Aesthetic Records, and it's new, but it's, you know, they're churning out a lot of unknown indie artists nice. uh, across like a spectrum of genres. There's a little bit of everything. Um, and so they were looking for a music video director for a band that's local here named Juicy Pear. They're, they're actually in Manhattan Beach. Nice. And um, yeah, we just brainstormed a few concepts uh, and came up with the idea. It'd be pretty simple. It's just going to cut back and forth between a couple of 
lovebirds skating around Venice on roller skates and cutting back to the band playing at sunrise on the beach. Yeah, man. It just just transitions between those two shots, those kinds of shots. And um, I was really surprised with how well it turned out because (laughs) it's a lot of, it's a lot of moving, a lot of tracking shots. Right. And I got all of them by just uh, putting, I shot on iPhone right, and on a gimbal and I rode my bike while holding a gimbal to get the shots that make it, they look like they're dolly shots. Dude, great. And it was just me on my bike with a gimbal. That's incredibly resourceful. That's amazing, <laughs> dude. Good for yeah. you. And I've seen it. It's great. It's got uh, over 10,000 views on YouTube. Is yes, that right? Yes, we just hit that. That I'm very, very proud of that 10,000 view that's, mark. That's huge, man. That's so great. Congratulations for that. And then, uh, and then Don't Blow Your Pod, uh, that podcast, you mentioned it's, uh, it's a part talk show, part sketch show, right? How would, yeah. What would people expect if they uh, click over right now and uh, to check out an episode? They should expect to hear a lot of scenes uh, that are hosted by some very well-meaning hosts and <laughs> all, all of the scenes go off the rails in some way. And so they, they're always inviting on uh, uh, someone that they think is a professional in specific industry. It's kind of, it's like a, it's a more scripted version of comedy bang, bang. Nice. Where they bring in, you know, prof- these so-called professionals in different fields and then they start interviewing them and it just is not what they thought it was going to be. Right. Right. Oh man. Well, exciting. And you said a family friend uh, is works on that with you. Right. Yes. His name is Nathan Scataglini. Okay. How many family friends did you have growing up? Cause I know you're one of eight siblings, right? Well, the, yeah, I'm number nine. So, okay, there, there, are nine, so... there are nine of us total. <laughs> what that's what a full house, like literally. Yeah. Yeah. You could say, uh, did you have a lot of like huge, uh, like a lot of friends over? Was there always someone over at the pray white house, like writing yeah, on the walls much. or raising hell or what? Yeah. You could say that. Yeah. We, um, I grew up in a town next to South Bend called Elkhart, Indiana, which is the RV manufacturer city of capital of the world. So if you, if you drive or have seen an RV before it's from Elkhart, Indiana. Anyway. (laughs) Yep. Oh, okay. So that's, is that a suburb of South Bend? Basically. Yeah. It's just like the next town over. Okay, great. All right. Awesome um yeah tell me tell tell us all about Elkhart yeah so I grew up in uh that uh for, t- till about age 13 I grew up in a neighborhood in Elkhart that was pretty poor um there was a lot of projects there was a lot of gang activity and um my family just lived in a two-bedroom bungalow <laughs> nice. and all 11 of you yeah. 10 of you? Yeah, 11 of us. Oh, my God. And for the most part, we slept up in the attic, which was just like barely finished enough that you could you could live in it. It had exposed insulation in the ceiling. <laughs> and oh, nice. uh, the floor was just particle board. And uh, my parents just threw a bunch of 
bean bags and old mattresses, sleeping bags out on the floor. And that's how we slept. We just found a spot and just kind of curled up like cats. Yeah. That was every, every night. Yeah. Oh man. Every night was like a fun sleepover. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> now I have a lot of back pain and I'm not sure if it's because of <laughs> sleeping on bean bags and sleeping bags. So you yeah, know, that's fun as a kid, but <laughs> that could also be true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dang man. Wow. Wild. Uh, you mentioned that uh, Elkhart, how do you spell that for uh, the people searching for it right now? E-L-K-H-A-R-T. E-L-K. Like elk, elk heart. Like E-L-K-H-A-R-T. Oh, elk heart. Yeah. I thought I thought it was like living in LA long enough. I thought it was El cart, like the cart. <laughs> elk heart. Uh, wow, awesome. Uh, now, you mentioned it was kind of like a rough place. Yeah. Is there a uh, is there a story where your uh, minivan was almost stolen? <laughs> well, that's this interesting is- that you mentioned that, Peter, because there is. <laughs> okay. Did that did, did stuff like that happen? Like, I want to hear about that, but like like having a family of 10, that's two minivans. So did you have two like did you have a shuttle bus going there and back, like from school or what? Uh, well, fortunately, we were close enough to school that we could walk. It was only a few blocks away. Smart. So that was smart. We were latchkey kids, okay. basically. Um, but yeah, so. And did that, do you think that, do you think having that responsibility, all right, you're going to have to get up yourself, dress yourself, eat breakfast and get to school and then come back. Do you think that better prepared you for life? And do you think, do you find yourself a more responsible person because of those circumstances or, or, or did that have a different effect on you? Yeah, I think it, I think it overall had a positive effect. Yeah. Um, for, for all the reasons that you just mentioned when, when I'm not doing some sort of showbiz gig, I do a lot of substitute teaching and I work in schools all over LA and for the most part, I really feel like kids are coddled uh, all <laughs> because right. their parents are like always picking them up. They never walk home. They've got, you know, these really safe environments. There aren't detentions and suspensions anymore. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of alternative disciplinary styles or, or learning. And there's no, there, there's no like introduction of danger or like there's no present there's no presence of danger whether it be near or far that you see right with the like right today's kids yeah and that's yeah i mean it's different like south central los angeles public schools for sure have uh you know have have it rougher than lots of the other schools in los angeles they're like severely underfunded Mm. too many kids in the classroom not enough teachers the whole thing yeah um, so I won't say that that is for all, that is true for all kids around Los Angeles. Right. 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 Yeah. Cause you, you spread yourself around Los Angeles as a, as a substitute teacher. And you, so you get to see a, lo- a little bit of all of it, but you'd say for the most part, yeah, there's not like really, a, a, a an introduction of danger necessarily for a lot of kids for some there is. Um, but needless to say where you came from, that was ever present, right? Yeah. And my parents had loaned their minivan to 
our neighbor's son, who at the time was like 16 or 17, but I thought he was super old because, you know, when you're a kid, someone at 16 seems like a full grown adult. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Same. I had when I was in elementary school, there was like a 16 and 17 year old, like two, like a 16 year old dude and a 17 year old dude. Uh, named Mr. Jeff and uh, oh, I forget the other guy's name, but they would Wait, always. He was 17 and he went by Mr. Jeff. Mr. Jeff, yeah, yeah, because he was like <laughs> he was watching us after school. It was like uh, part of the after school program, uh, and I'm yeah. pretty sure he was, you know, in high school somewhere. And uh, one of the teachers, probably one of the teachers' sons or, or cousins or something like that. And I was like, man, this guy is old. And the only reason I thought he was old was because he had acne. <laughs> <laughs> But now I'd be like, oh, you twerp, get out of here. Uh, okay, so so this this kid is borrowing the minivan. And you only had one minivan, right? Not like yeah. a, a, a fleet? Well, later we upgraded to a Ford Econoline, which is a 12-passenger van. But Whoa. before we had that, oh we God. had the Dodge Caravan. And classic, classic. Yeah. Um, and... It was, I mean, it, we got it used and it was problematic from the day that we had it. Oh no. And it, one of the things was you could start it without the key. Like you could just turn the ignition. What? And it, and it was one of the ignitions. If you remember the, the ignition had metal basically grips on the outside of it. You stick the key into the ignition and you use the grips and the key at the same time to turn. Yes. I remember that. Um, that was popular with a lot of minivans in like what the 2000s the 90s this was a 90 like a 93 or a 94 yeah 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 minivan maybe uh or no I'm older than that. it was an 89 that's what it was it was an 89 anyway so easy to steal yeah uh, but and you you your parents went ahead and lent it to uh some 16 17 year old kid and what happened well he and his buddy during that day, they, they said they needed to move some boxes. So they said, sure, okay, you can borrow it. They brought it back, no problem. That night, I was playing Madden 92 on my Sega Genesis. Nice. And I thought I heard the van starting and stalling out a few times. I was like, that's weird. That car outside that's starting and stalling sounds really similar to my van. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna keep playing video games. Anyway, I'm going to continue throwing Hail Marys as Jim Harbaugh for the Colts. Yes, know? exactly. <laughs> and then it kept going on. And so I, I stopped and I looked outside and I saw the two kids that we had lent it to in the van. And they had started it and they got it down the street like 20 or 30 feet. But it kept stalling out and kept stalling out. And uh, I, I ran. Was, wait, was this because... Uh, they had the key or they didn't have the key they didn't have the key but they knew ah! that they could start it but also Man. one of the other problems was that it stalled all the time and so i ran i was like mom someone's trying to steal the van someone's trying to steal the van and, and right. she didn't believe me at first i was like no seriously yeah so she went and looks outside and she saw those kids in the van she goes hey and she started running <laughs> after them um, like they're bigger and stronger than she is. So like if she had caught them, I'm not sure what, you know, what was going to happen. Yeah, exactly. yeah, but she took off running and they just ditched the van in the middle of the road and took off running around the block. <laughs> now, what happens at that point? Did you like 
do you do you call the police like do you dust for fingerprints or do you just say damn you know, freaking kids get out of here you know what, what, it was like- more like that but it's funny that you mentioned that because on the street corner just a few houses down a detective lived in one of the houses and he was outside watching it the whole time a and detective? just laughing yes he was sitting on his porch oh my God. and chuckling at the whole scene um and my mom later is like it's like why didn't you do anything about it he's like i I know that your van's a piece of junk. They weren't going to get away with it. Oh, that's so rude. <laughs> yeah. That is so, so rude. Dude. No. So nothing happened. Nothing happened. And I mean, we, you know, my parents told the neighbor, hey, your son tried to steal our car. And then, you know, we never had any problems with it ever again. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then what happened to the kid? Did the kid get disciplined or something or? I don't know what happened. His dad was like pretty strict with them. So I'm sure he gave him some sort of discipline. <laughs> Rough times, tough, tough place uh, out, out in uh, Elkhart. I mean, did you, did you run into like any, I mean, man, when I think of, you know, what's weird when I think of like tough neighborhoods to grow up in, I think of, I think of yards, like, like, did everybody have like a, a yard there? Yeah. I feel I I think of when I think of like tough neighborhoods or like gritty neighborhoods, I think of yards that are fenced in that have dogs. Yeah. Like, did yes. everybody have a dog there? So many dogs. Really? <laughs> so many dogs. They're all just like, like for pr- protection, right? Yep. Yep. And they're always just like the nastiest yeah. garbage or like a junkyard dogs. <laughs> like know? a rot, like a Rottweiler. Yes, exactly <laughs> like a Rottweiler. <laughs> did you did you guys have a family dog? Do you ever have run-ins with dogs or anything like that? Uh, so we had a German Shepherd, and she was very protective. Her name was Keisha. Oh wow! And, Why'd you uh, name her Keisha? That's how she came. She was already named okay. Keisha when we got her. Cool. <laughs> a, re- a rescue or a puppy or what? Um, she came from my uncle who couldn't take care of her anymore, and I don't know when or how he got her if he got her as a puppy or not not sure Jeez, yeah she was super smart she could tell if you had matches or firecrackers in your pocket or your hand and she would just take it from you chew it up so that you couldn't have it she was like very very protective if we if we had friends over and we started playing really rough she would get in between us and the friend she's like hey 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 break it up yeah yeah whoa um and so, and some, some people, she would just lose her shit and start barking at them and try to chase after them or whatever. And it's just like, I don't know what kind of vibes are given off, but she just, yeah. some people, she doesn't like them, but I would always take her on walks because I would get bullied um, by other kids around the neighborhood. And then once we got her and I started taking her on walks, I never got bullied anymore <laughs> on the streets. Cause she was, you know, full grown German shepherd. Well, she also really liked puppies and she never had puppies oh. and um, she was fixed. And our neighbors across the street had had a dog of their own that was a mutt of some kind. And, but then they had also recently taken in a full Rottweiler that they got on the street. Whoa, just found it on the street and just yeah. like, all right, you're just with kept us. It. Yeah. What? Yeah. 
and uh, she's a little bit rougher. She's a street sure. dog. Yeah. And the, their original dog and the Rottweiler had puppies. And uh, they just let their dog just kind of roam around their yard, which was not fenced in. Um, which to me is like, you know, living in LA, people lose their mind if you take your dog off the leash a little bit. They're like, hey, dog is supposed to be on leashes. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Because then, because you know what happens in most of those situations is the dog's off the leash. The the owner is overly confident that the dog's going to stay by their yeah. side, their side. But then the dog sees another dog or the dog sees, you know, a pork chop, you know, on a grill and just right. go, boom, goes rogue immediately. Then it's everyone's responsibility because nobody wants to see a dog get hit by a car. Nobody like that shit stays with you. So, yeah. 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 I mean, that, that's like the feeling in LA, like when, or anywhere really, like I, and when I, growing up, we had this, um, in my neighborhood, we had this, this, uh, this family that grew up across the street from me and they were just so over the top. They had a gate, uh, that led to their backyard and it was a, like a wraparound driveway. They had a gate that separated it and it had their, the family initials on it. It was very silly, but one time, but they would always let their dog out and the dog would like end up you know, in our front, in my front yard, my grandma would like shoo it away. And then one time their parents were out of town. So this is like a young boy, young girl, and then two older siblings. And by older, I mean like 12, 13. And they were like, Hey, this kid, Adam and Josh, the older ones, like, Hey, come on over. And like me and my buddy Corey were like, all right, whatever. Uh, we've never actually been inside their house. It was one of those places. Like you see the kids, but you never see inside the house. And then <laughs> we go inside the dog is going ballistic running all over the place what kind There's, of dog was it dude i don't know it was just i i, I want to guess but it was just like a very stout loud dog that had like a spike uh a spiked studded uh like collar and so the most outrageous thing was this dog was going all over the place i saw it take a shit and i was like oh damn right on the carpet that was insane <laughs> Then they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to the backyard. Come on through. And like, this is the first time I was in their house. And I looked to the bathroom and the bathtub is literally filled with dry dog food, filled to the top with dry dog food. What happened was what? the parents were out of town for three or four days and the kids just went nuts. They didn't want to take care of the dog. So they were like, all right, well, here's a buffet in the tub. And then just <laughs> emptied a, like, you know, one, maybe two bags of dry dog food and the youngest boy was sitting in it like in it like 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 he was covered like like, like these he, are that, feral children yeah pretty much feral children like he was covered like a as if he was at the beach and you know he was like being uh covered you know uh, buried in the sand but it was dog food and it was his bathtub and this is what i think of anytime i think of families that have more than four kids so i can't imagine all nine of you Prey Watts just running around raising hell with your dogs and then and then yeah so then so then well, sorry go ahead and continue <laughs> what, um, what ended up happening there oh I don't know I don't know how Keisha knew that the other dog had puppies because I'm pretty sure she had never been across the street or anything she had I had let her out 
of our yard, which was fenced in, but she was usually really good at just sticking around the house. Like she would just lay in the driveway and, and sit in the shade or whatever. And mm-hmm. next thing I knew she had wandered across the street and I looked up and she was coming back across the street, carrying a puppy in her mouth. Whoa. And I was like, what? You're <laughs> uh, like, uh, what, what, what just happened? Yeah. So it's like, no, no, I, gently took the puppy out of her mouth and I grabbed her by the collar and I walked the puppy and Keisha back across the street. And I wanted to make a show of us returning the puppy mm. to the mother's nest of other dogs. Right. It was a situation where yeah. it was a situation similar to like, you're at the counter and you want the barista to know that you left a tip. So yes, you, exactly. yeah, so you want to drop it right as they come back. Like, there you go. Doop. Just so, so you know, I didn't stiff you. Yeah. Just so you know, uh, I found this tiny dog and I'm bringing it back. Yeah. <laughs> Put the dog back in the in the little nest of other dogs, turned around, and we were walking across their yard to go back to our place. All of a sudden, this Rottweiler snaps and she attacks me from behind. This was the Rottweiler's baby, though, that you had, right? Yeah, you were were returning. It's already returned. I turned around, headed back with Keisha, and this Rottweiler just attacks. And I was like 20 feet away, and she had run up, bit me, and then drug me back to her little den and just started biting me. Where did she wait? Where did she? Where did she bite you initially? Uh, Just in the middle of your back? Uh, She uh, at the back of my thigh. Oh, like clamped onto the back of my thigh and drug me back by by my thigh back to her her den and just started biting me and I was trying to get away. And eventually she just stopped all of a sudden and I got up and I'm now hobbling to get back because she had bit me up a bunch and she attacked me again and again drug me back to the to her den and was biting me some more and i ended up on my back and i tried to punch her in the face with my left hand because my (laughs) she had my right arm pinned down somehow i think and i tried to punch her in the face she was real quick and instead of me connecting with her her jaw she grabbed my pinky in her mouth and ripped all the skin and the fingernail off of the the pinky and I was like, well, <laughs> that didn't work. Uh, Holy crap. And then again, she just stopped. She just quit. And I got up and I was able to go back home. Uh, and luckily the mailman saw me like crying and holding a bloody hand, wandering across the street and called 911. Uh, he had like gone in somebody's house before cell phones and yeah. called 911. And in like several minutes, an ambulance showed up and all the neighbors came out of their houses, you know, as they do. And um, I didn't realize wow. how bad my legs were. I was just focusing on my hand because that's what I could see was bleeding. Right. Um, and the paramedics came and looked like, can we go into your bathroom? And they they took me inside of our bathroom and <laughs> yeah oh man you're all bloody uh can we use <laughs> gotta your bathroom? Take a <laughs> yeah can we take a crap first uh give me Hold a on, i really gotta go <laughs> all right this looks like a lot of work better uh go to the bathroom first 
So wait, they, they bring you into the bathroom. Then what happens? They pull down my pants and underwear and just started like cleaning all of the wounds on my leg, like washing everything and like putting um, disinfectant everywhere. And they're like, okay, we're going to put you on the, the gurney and we're going to put you in the, the ambulance now. And I was like, pull my pants up please pull my pants up <laughs> <laughs> I what was, were your pants doing down they had pulled my pants down sweatpants because oh. they were like attending to all the wounds that were up and down my legs and i was Jesus. more concerned because i was 10 oh. and chubby I was 10, 10 years, years old and very chubby and i didn't want to go i was more concerned with like going outside without pants on than i was about whatever could happen to me <laughs> um so like okay 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 they pulled my pants up and put me on this stretcher and then put me in the ambulance took me to the hospital where i stayed for three days whoa uh, they had to they did they put me in surgery right away oh my god uh, for your pinky or your for pants. Well, i didn't know why at the time and then when i woke up there were plastic tubes coming out of my legs out of the wounds they were like the the diameter of a dime did you think it was gonna you were gonna need some amputation you think it was like a lieutenant dan situation i had no idea what was going on not a clue and they had installed these tubes in my legs that were coming out of the skin to drain pus so they were just like oozing pus out of the tubes from my legs Gross. Um, anyway they uh the animal control came and they had to put that dog down wow really they, they came right away took it and that was it they had like same day what would you do differently if you could redo that today would you would you do you think you'd have the same instincts to bring the puppy back in the same manner probably yeah i mean i mean i probably wouldn't have brought my dog with he, with me i don't know if she thought as if she saw that as a threat yeah um, but what was your dog doing while you were getting mauled that's a thing that confuses me too because she was so protective yeah all the time and she just sauntered across the street like nothing was happening ditched me completely ditched me she probably knew she was out of her weight class Maybe that it was a big dog. It was definitely yeah. bigger than she was. Damn. Damn. That is so challenging. And then the dog just stopped after it ripped the skin off your pinky. Yeah. I don't know if it got tired or what. It was weird. It just maybe. Like, yeah. Maybe it was just, stopped. maybe it was just squeamish. Saw all that blood and was like, Ooh, my tummy. <laughs> that's wild, man. That's, that's, I mean, that's the type of stuff that happens in the suburbs, uh, unfortunately, but you know, you, you talk about Elkhart, you talk about it being a suburb of uh, South Bend, South Bend, home of uh, the Fighting Irish, right? Notre Dame. Yep. That's right. Now, what does it mean to be a suburb of South Bend? Like, what's what's the vibe in your town? What's the vibe in the city? Uh, how, how would you best describe that? There's a lot of chains, a lot of mom and pops, a lot of, you know, um, it, it, what, what was the essential vibe there? in and around that area man what is it and what does it look like you know it's a lot of small houses it's a rust belt town okay a lot of like bungalows yards 
and factories that no longer operate anymore for the industry that they had. There was a lot of, uh, I mean, there's still a lot of RV manufacturing, like I mentioned before, but right, like right. South Bend and the surrounding area used to be the home of Studebaker, which was a really oh. brand in like, you know, early to mid 1900s. Um, but they went out of business in the seventies and with it, lots of jobs, lots of factories closed because there were factories that built parts for, for the cars and, um, the, the, the factories in your hometown and in and around South Bend would build parts for the Studebaker. Right. Right. And, um, and so lots of, lots of houses were built up around those, those factories because people just, you know, yeah. the neighborhood and they went to the, the local factory to work and then it all closed down. That could be your life, man. It sounds like, like that could be your whole life. Like you live where you lived, you walk to school, come yeah. home, then graduate, walk to work, walk to the factory, right? You got yeah. your, uh, your lunch pail right there and, and that's life. But what, what stopped that? Was it, auto, was it automation or what, what was blamed for a lot of those factories uh, ceasing to exist? I guess the main blame was that Studebaker didn't want to transform their car into a modern car. They were still really <laughs> interested in being um, a, a classic looking car and it just wasn't the market anymore for it. And so they went out of business in the seventies. I think if they could, if they could have survived the seventies and eighties, I think in the nineties, people would have had like a great appreciation for that. And particularly now, like, you know, who is it? Uh, Ford's bringing back the Bronco. You know, you see a lot of like older styled cars. I think if the Studebaker made a comeback, they would sell probably, you know, a couple hundred cars, (laughs) you know? Okay, whoa, 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 what's the holdup? It's ad time. Oh, yeah, it's ad time. And let the good time roll. You know, since 2015, totally good time has been making pop culture street style inspired by the 90s, 2000s, and niche entertainment favorites. Well, what do they got? Uh, how about bringing on Toro Sweatsuit? Check. Empire Records staff tee for Rex Manning Day? Check. New Girl True American Hoodie that features the design as the gameplay? One, two, three, four, check. Now go ahead and check out all of the original pop culture goods over at totallygoodtime.com. That's totallygoodtime.com. And use code FLORIDAVERSUS15 for 15% off your order today. That's code F-L-O-R-I-D-A-V-S-1-5 for 15% off your order today. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Add time. I mean, I think if they did, but they put electric motors in the cars, that would be great because that was the other oh, thing. Oh, yeah. In the 70s, they were still considered to be gas guzzlers because they're right. huge boats of cars that had V8 engines or whatever that got eight or 10 miles to the gallon and it just wasn't a practical car anymore. Right. Well, speaking of guzzling, let's uh, get into this first segment. It's called Romantic Places. Romantic yeah. places. Okay, so you're growing up in a suburb. You sometimes you got to be a little creative with your date date spots. Um, you know, take us through Elkhart. Take us through 
uh, South Bend, where, where, where are the romantic places, places to go on dates, places to, you know, bring your wife, places to bring the girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, uh, places to meet people. So when I was going to high school, a lot of the high schoolers would talk about two different restaurants, one of which was a place called Doc Pierce's. Doc Pierce. That Doc Pierce. And like, this is a really cool, awesome date venue. You got to go here. So I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And I knew it was expensive. And by right. expensive, I mean like 12 bucks. For, per entree. For, yeah, yeah, per entree. Okay. Which in high school is a lot because you're used to spending $2 on two McChickens at McDonald's. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I spent $13 on a on a sandwich today and I don't feel good about it. <laughs> but yes, exactly. So so Doc Pierce, what I mean, what kind of food did they have? Well, I wasn't sure because at the time there's no there's no online reviews of restaurants yet. <laughs> right, right. There aren't photos that you can look up of the menu. All That's I right. I was, forgot you're 68 years old. Yeah. <laughs> All I had was <laughs> this would have been like all I had was the almanac. What? In the yeah. Abacus. Yeah. It was, I was 2002. I was a junior in high school and I was going on, going to my first prom. And I asked my date if she would want to go to Doc Pierce's. She's like, yeah, sure. It's cool. It sounds awesome. So Ooh. we go. And at the time, I still thought it was like, wow, this is a, this is a really nice place. We showed up and this place is a, Oh no. Maybe at best upscale pub. So time out, time out. You, you had you had never been there. How old are you Correct. at the time? You're in high school, right? Yeah, I was 17. You wanted to impress this girl. Do, do you do you borrow the minivan that night or do you have to walk? Um, let's see. What did I have at the time? I had you, you had I your had own a, car. Um, I had a uh a 92 F-150. Damn. Did I have a bench seat? Yeah, I had a bench seat. Oh, dude, I have always wanted a car with a bench seat. <laughs> I've always wanted a car with a bench. That just seems sweet. Like, if I had a bench seat car, I'll, I'll tell you what, that right leg is getting stretched out, and I'm just driving with my left foot. That's it. Did you ever yeah. do that or no? I definitely stretched out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you pick her up in the 92 F-150, like a boss. Uh, yeah. the, the, I, I imagine the car is clean and you'd never been to this place, but you'd heard like, okay, this is a date place. So like, how are you, how, how do you, how do kids in your area dress up? You know, you want to impress this girl. Uh, well, it was prom. So we're wearing it was prom. prom. Oh, it was prom. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. that. So it was prom. Okay. So we're wearing, <laughs> I had an old truck and we're wearing gaudy yeah. prom right. clothes. Jesus, of course. Um, were you trying to be funny or were you trying to be classy? No, this was just the best that I knew to do. This is yeah. just like, I, I don't know. This seems nice, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything to compare this to essentially because, or, or at least I imagine that's what you'd be thinking. That's what I was thinking. Because yeah. for me, my first homecoming dance, I was, what happened? I wear, I wore a hat. Like, like, like an old, like Al Capone style hat with like, a, you know, a suit and tie. And I was like, oh, this is kind of funny. Uh, but I didn't understand why it was funny. It was just that people were laughing at me. So <laughs> I'm just going to go with this. But OK, so you're dressed. You're dressed as well as you know how. 
Yeah. And it's just like, you and your like, date or were you the group? No, it was just me and the date. And, you know, I, yeah, I had my Kohl's tuxedo on. Hell yeah. And we went and I was a, like a little bit nervous because I had saved up exactly enough money that I thought it would cover two entrees. Oh no. And like $24 cash is what I had. <laughs> oh no, man. This is, uh, I'm, I feel for you immediately. Okay. Uh, I, I already know where this is going and I, I want to, I already know where this is going and I want to hop in a time travel machine immediately and get back there and help you. What happens next? Well, I walked in, I knew immediately walking in to the restaurant and mind you, it is not a, you would not classify this as a nice place. It is right. like, it is a local pub, right? A nice ish <laughs> local pub. Right. But I still thought walking in, whoa this is fancy i'm in over my my head and we you know looking at the menus and i was really happy when after looking at the menu and confirming yep yeah i have exactly enough money to cover two entrees they brought free bread and butter great load up on that good and i was like this is my saving grace because (laughs) i don't have to buy an entree for myself i can just get an hors d'oeuvre and I'll okay. fill up on a bunch of bread and butter <laughs> and, and water and I'll be fine. Oh gosh. Meanwhile, what's, how's your date, you know, taking all of this? I mean, I'm, I don't imagine you're expressing any of this to her. I just imagine you're quietly sweating. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Quietly sweating, quietly also re- partially relieved too with the whole bread and butter thing. Cause I was like, okay, sure. I, I know I can stay under my budget now. Right. And you know, so you know like, what some, you know what I've done? I've, I've made the mistake of having the same level of experience as you had. I've made the mistake of saying like, Oh, to the waiter. Oh no, we didn't order any bread. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not knowing that like at some places it's just bread. It's just complimentary. You know what I I'm mean? I'm pretty sure I said, is it free? <laughs> when they brought oh, up <laughs> you're so tacky. That is so tacky, man. I I mean, like- yeah. I mean, I, I, but who, at the same time, at the same time, who could blame you? You know what I mean? I had never, I don't think I'd ever been to a place before. Right. That brought out like free stuff. <laughs> and so I wasn't, I was like, that's where they get you. This? I don't know. What do you do? Is this a thing that you, you pay for? Is this a classy thing where they, they bring out food that you, you have to pay for, but you're supposed to have enough money anyway, that you can just pay for it. Yeah, of course, know. because your, your only source of reference is let's say fast foods. Like, all right, I ordered one burger. That's, you know, three bucks. I ordered a, a companion sandwich. That's two fifty, And then I ordered, you know, two dipping ranches and they're 50 cents each. So you're looking at the bread. You're like, Oh my God, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> bread, bread on a sandwich. That's, you know, that's gotta be at least $1 worth of the sandwich. And then the butter, that's like the ranch packet. So I'm already down like three, four bucks to begin <laughs> with. And I didn't even order anything. So, okay. So you got the free bread there. Then it, are you able to like have any sort of conversation? Like, did you know this girl or was this kind of like a first date scenario? It was definitely the first date we'd been on, but it was very obviously like a friend's date. Okay. I don't, there was never any romantic interest between us. I was just like, I, you know, I don't have a date and you don't have a date. Let's go together. It's just like mm-hmm. going as friends right. to the prom. We worked together on the school newspaper. Okay. And so, you know, it was very casual, but we were yeah. still like, 
obviously sticking out. We thought we were very classy going to right. this place in our prom clothes, but it's like people in blue jeans <laughs> and work boots that are having burgers. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, those those prom kids, they're, uh, I remember when I was their age, you send a beer over their way. Oh, well, we can't, you know. <laughs> okay, so you're sitting there, uh, everything's going well, you've got your bread. Uh, what, do, what do the two of you end up ordering and how did the rest of the meal go? I don't remember exactly what I ordered. I do remember I ordered a smaller thing because I was like, I right. got all this free bread. Nice. I can order something small. And I wanted, I was tempted to not order anything at all and just eat the bread. But I was like, no, no, you can't do that. You gotta, you gotta order something. <laughs> right, right, right. But I, yeah, I, please. I thought I was a boss at the time because knowing that I was going to save money on my hors d'oeuvre, I was like, order whatever you want. Mm. And she got the burger. <laughs> it's really funny that like, I, great. The burger, like a giant burger in your prom dress. Is just <laughs> funny look. Uh, but I was like, okay, cool. You, you get the burger. Yeah, no problem. But, and I fully expected to pay for everything. And at the end, she's like, no, 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 no. My parents gave me money. I'll pay for my own thing. And oh. I was like, sweet. I oh. just saved so much money left over. You uh, didn't do that. You didn't do the, nope. like, no, I'll pay for it. No, you pay Not for it. Not at all. I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> that is you as a person. If someone's offering, <laughs> if someone's offering something for Kenny, you know what? Let, I feel like your thought process is having known you for years. If someone's going to offer me something, you know what? I don't want to give them a hassle. They probably already thought about it in their head. I'm I'm going to, I'm going to oblige them. Right. So, yeah. Like I want yeah. like, I don't want to make a scene. I'm not going to make anything difficult. I'm not going to do this fake dance like, right no 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 just yeah whatever okay pay i mean because i'll do the same thing for somebody else like let me pay for your dinner i don't care and it's, that girl paid paid for the whole meal no she just paid for her part and i she paid, paid for, for her half. yeah and so i ended up you know spending like five or six bucks on the whole thing so i was really proud of this first day it was I, it was my first date yeah too. and and that girl turned out to be recording artist mandy moore <laughs> man i that would have been even better had this for the story. <laughs> uh, that's well, say totally saved. Was there any fun like prom activities or after prom activities that happened? I didn't go to any after prom activities. The prom was just down the street. It was in a a club. How big house. is this town? You're walking every. You could essentially walk everywhere. Everywhere's well. Down the the, the prom. The prom unless you lived there. in the middle of this town like specific in the exact center of the town the prom was in a different part it was in another town so like they had often like for proms they would arrange for the event sometimes to be 30 or 40 minutes away it was just like depending on where they could find a good event center for that year some one year it was at a, a like the dining hall of a golf course <laughs> was the Lovely. prom location and it was like a 40 minute drive so it just, you know, they would pick random places. Nice. Luckily, the 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 venue was just a couple blocks away. So we just ate and went to the venue and uh, had a good time. What is your I, June? Well, go ahead. I don't remember much about it other than it was just a venue that looked out over the river. Was this your junior year prom or senior? Junior. So my senior prom, very long story short, but... Uh, I had the, my date was, I was homecoming king. Uh, so this is prom. So there's no heat on me. Nobody cares about homecoming king in May, you know? 
So, <laughs> so, uh, and the soccer season had been over. And, uh, so I asked this girl, Katrina, she said, yes. And it was a friendly thing. I didn't expect anything to happen, but you never know. Uh, we went in a limo with friends and, you know, the, the dance, the prom was on a boat, so we couldn't go anywhere. Oh, that's cool. No, it sucked. Why? Because it, it was awesome. dumb. No, because it was dumb. Because you know what? The motivation behind it was we don't want anyone to leave early. Like, fuck you. I don't want to be on this boat with a priest. I don't want. Oh, I get it. Yeah. You know, like I it guess, was a Catholic I guess if high you school. want to dip out, you want to dip out. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I was in a rush to leave, but I don't want to be on a boat with a priest. I just. Why I just, was there a priest? Because it was a Catholic high school. <laughs> oh. There's a oh, few. It was basically like there. a chaperone. Yeah. There's a few priests. I was like, get out, get out of here. The principal was a priest. A couple of the chaperones were priests. I was like, I don't want to be on this boat. You know, it's great. I love to see everybody. I don't want to be on a boat. No need. Uh, anyhow, Katrina's my date. We go, we dance, we dance with other people. We have a good time. Justin Walsh is having the, the huge blowout after prom thing because his parents got it. His parents were like, yo, we want all the kids to hang here. They had this great property and they had a, you know, a little, um, not they little they had their house and then they had like a guest house and everybody would like hang there and he was on the soccer team and he was very very gracious he's always been very gracious with his you know with like letting people come over and stuff like that and so we get over we get there me and katrina hop you know hop in the same car and we we head over there and by the time we get there you know it's late but it's a party you know there's girls running around with full bottles of wild turkey just screaming like Wah! and like chugging straight from the bottle then my date i didn't end up making out or hooking up with katrina because i was going to get us drinks and then katrina boom bounced on me left i i can't find her so i'm holding two drinks i'm like all right well you know cool two drinks that i mixed so it was pretty much like rum and vodka yeah. <laughs> mixed you, mixed you made jungle jungle juice before you knew what jungle juice was exactly rum vodka on ice you know it's like a a, a florida martini so then <laughs> was there any jenkum oh god no no <laughs> i know you're everybody that, everybody googled jenkum you're obsessed with that the same way that i am in like a <laughs> gross gross way uh so then so then i turn around can't find katrina look for her she, boom oh there's amy Gennaro. Who's underneath her on the pool table? Katrina. So Katrina and Amy are making out on the pool table, but in like a performance art type of a way where they're so aware of everybody do like looking at them. And I'm like, what Is this about shock value? I mean, no, I'm, I mean, I don't know. Like neither of them were interested in women. I can tell you that for a fact. So I don't know why they can were making you know? out. Can you tell me that for a fact? Cause it seems like maybe that's not yeah. the fact. It sounds like I'm in denial, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> and honestly, not the first. I don't even know if we dated. Maybe we could. You could say we sort of dated. We had a thing, but not the first girl that I've dated to after me transition into kissing women. <laughs> we'll just say that. Well, uh, a, then maybe you need to look inward. I I know. I honestly, yeah. I uh thank you, Kenny. Thank you. Uh all right. Well, well, let's look towards the end of this podcast and before we do, uh let's get to one last thing, one good thing. If I am in your hometown, Elk Heart, 
Indiana. Uh, what's, what's one thing that I could equip myself with one piece of knowledge that I should know, or one thing that I should hundred uh, percent check out that you would recommend? I would a hundred percent recommend going to going not to, to Elkhart. <laughs> and <it's, laughs> and instead go to, yeah, I mean, every, everything in, in Northern Indiana, Southern Michigan mm. is the, the geographic location is colloquial no, colloquially known as Michiana. Michiana. And, because it's right on the border of Michigan, Indiana there. You guys love to mash things up. There's Michiana, yeah. there's Uwe Pui, Indiana University, Purdue University, yep. Indianapolis, which is one school. Yeah. You like to mash yeah. those things up. I would go to South Bend and I would go to a Notre Dame football game. Yeah. Are, the, are those fun? Do, do like, of are, are it, First off, is it fun to go to a Notre Dame football it's, game? It's really fun. The tailgate culture is really cool. Oh, great. At like 7 a.m. Awesome hundreds of people out just already drinking grilling because there are a lot of polish people and irish people but a lot of the polish people will just keep their culture in the parking lot and they just have kielbasa and miller oh. light starting at seven or eight in the morning and going Great. all day long and um, you can scalp tickets for really cheap after kickoff, you know, you can get $10 tickets. Wow. Um, and the campus is really beautiful. It looks like Hogwarts. <laughs> it's a very Gothic style of architecture and the stadium is on campus. So it's a nice. It's a now, nice as far as this is my Florida instinct kicking in now, as far as tailgates go, am, like I should, ex what should I expect? Should I expect like, a Catholic tailgate or like a BYU situation. No, it doesn't sound no. like, it sounds like a, like a traditional collegiate tailgate scenario. Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. it's wild. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's just Fun. like Fine. everybody is drinking yeah. constantly. Awesome. So that, all right, great. But, and also, you know, you know how I feel about priests on boats. I don't want to be drinking with priests. So, you know, uh, <laughs> but on top of that, let me ask you this. There must be from your hometown and surrounding areas, this great pride about Notre Dame football. Yeah. Do is the admittance record, like the, uh, the kids that get in, do a lot of kids get in from uh, surrounding areas or do they not uh, take a lot of locals? I do feel like most of the kids that go there are not locals, right? There are a fair amount that go but it's not a super wealthy area and Notre Dame's very expensive. You know, it's yeah. over 40, 45,000, I think maybe 50. Wow. That's that, that's not that expensive for a lot of privates. Oh, per year. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Per that's year. Expensive. Not, not total. Yeah. Per year. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I was thinking the full package there. I was like, well, so, maybe it's not too late for me. So unless you get an academic or athletic scholarship, you're probably not going to justify going. You might, you'll go to like IU South Bend right. or what about Bloomington? IU Bloomington is definitely a lot cheaper. It's also very selective too, but yeah, I would say, yeah, Bloomington and Purdue are the top two schools that kids from my area would go to. I man, I Bloomington is one of those 
towns that I could see myself retiring in. I went, I've only, I went there once for one summer. I was at the uh, IU, uh, you know, Indiana university soccer camp and I won most improved goalkeeper, which is kind of an insulting award, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's mostly like a tryout. So like if you're in high school, you go to different camps around the, uh, around the country so that those coaches can see you. And IU has, uh, is like the most successful men's soccer program in all of college sports. Uh, and I just, I remember just absolutely loving the campus, loving the town, the small town. Yeah. It was, it, it reminded me of Boulder, Colorado, another cool place to retire where my aunt lives uh, and Colorado university CU. Uh, and I just, I was like, Oh, this place is so great. Did you ever get to visit there? Yeah. I've been there. Yeah a few times it is really nice i am i can definitely understand why you would think yeah this is a nice little town to go to cute little yeah cool little town so so you have you do you support the fighting irish you support notre dame yeah for sure and you didn't go there though right no see i used to have i used to have beef with people that supported colleges that they didn't go to however i understand more so that it's like a regional thing like for instance in i mean obviously there are professional teams at, you know in every state but not like so close like for instance in england there is a professional soccer team for every community every community yeah. at different tiers in in america there's a college football team regardless of division in every city or county i i i think that you could uh that's worth going to or checking out so it's more, is it more of like something you identify with because of it's of it, your hometown, or are you just like, wow, I really like the school. Um, and, and did you, did you ever feel that you're like, Oh, well, you didn't go there. So how can you support that? No, I never felt that, but it is like, it's the num number one employer, first of all, in, in the region. So it's the That's largest, great. the largest single employer. They have several thousand employees. Um, so it and went from factories to a university. Basically. Wow. Nice transition. Yeah. That's, I mean, there are worse transitions out there. Let yeah. Me tell you. And the, the impact that they have on the community is pretty big. Like Notre Dame is, is everywhere that's in awesome. terms of what it's, it's visibility. Like everybody knows what it is. Everybody's very proud of it. It's, it's an open accessible campus that anybody can go and wander around. Yeah. They have lots of events that are open to the public. So, you know, that's part of the reason why. And it's very much part of the community. So people get behind it. And and it doesn't hurt that from like the 40s through the 80s, they were the biggest college football powerhouse around. Sure. So they just have many generations of loyalty built into it as well. True. I think my plan is going to be get hitched to somebody that went to like a really cool university so that I can claim it too, you know? Yeah. Like marry into that family. We'll see what happens. But, but if I'm ever in South Bend, I'm going to, you know, take a, a drive a little further North to Elkhart and uh, check out Kenny's hometown and check out the middle of the town where essentially you lived and you could walk to everything. Uh, yep. Kenny, thanks so much for joining me today. Anything else to, uh, to add about, uh, your hometown and Indiana. Oh, this is the other thing that I forgot to mention. I can't believe I, this completely escaped my mind. 
the most underrated thing about where I'm from are the Great Lakes. Specifically, oh. Lake, Lake Michigan is not something to miss. Like, I, I would recommend going there well above and beyond a Notre Dame football game because it's it looks like an ocean. It's You can't see across it, and there are just giant, giant dunes hundreds of feet tall that stretch along the lake shore for miles. Oh, that's um, beautiful. And that sounds beautiful. Just, yeah. It's, it's, it's a crazy place because so much of the Midwest is flat cornfield. And then all of a sudden you run into Lake Michigan, which is a, it is a completely different geographical setting. Like it, it's just kind of. Yeah. You feel like you feel yeah. like you're somewhere else. Like it doesn't yeah. fit. It, it doesn't fit there. So what, what yeah. makes it underrated in your mind then? Because it's un, un is it underappreciated because it, it's not something that people initially think of? Right. Like I try to convince friends that have not been to the area before. You gotta you, you should really make a trip one time in your life to see a great lake. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Because the word lake. It's like, why would I go across why would I travel to Indiana or Michigan <laughs> or Wisconsin to go to a lake? That doesn't seem yeah. like something I would do. But they're <laughs> they're incredible i guarantee you you would you'll be blown away by it if you haven't been already let me say this they sound great let's see if they live up to their uh yeah their reputation <clears throat> kenny Praywatt, thank you so much for joining me today i really appreciate it and uh, i also give have to give a major shout out to all my producers uh without whom this episode would not be possible that'd be mike gina justin collier kelvin dawn Susie, lindsey peter allison p kevin and Lauren S., thank you so much uh, for helping produce this podcast. Kenny, it has been an honor. Thank you so much for joining me today. I, uh, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you, Peter. I really appreciate you bringing me on. I can't wait to visit Elkhart. All right. Well, Floridians, thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.